Coming up next, James <laughs> Austin Johnson. But first, a lot of words from our sponsor. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now, you're out there, you have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water and <laughs> mow, and they'll do the rest. No. Weed control, which you hate. Fertilization. Mm -hmm. aer aeration. Huh? Can't stand it. Among others. They'll do all of that. So you can do literally anything else. Dana's out there like Yellowstone. You have better things to do in your free time. I know you do. You don't want to focus on lawn care. True green is too good to be true, mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. But it is true. Right, David? Because yeah. you're going to have more time to do yeah, things that you want to focus on. All the hard work. And it gets yeah. you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let True Green take care of this one thing. Get it off your plate. You know what? I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some I, I might. This, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll call you later, talk, True Green. Talk to True Green. <laughs> Where can listeners mm -hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to TrueGreen.com. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. Whoa. They offer a satisfaction guaranteed, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. That is such a cool thing. Good job, True Green. You're nailing it. Dana, uh, David, we, we uh, did our first live show in beautiful Austin, Texas. You know, wait, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. We actually did our podcast live for an audience. Yeah, it was it okay. was really fun. Um, you know, when in Texas, I always stop by Jersey Mike's. Um, no, this isn't an ad, but sometimes I go to Jersey, Jersey Mike's. Mike's. But if I have a date and it's too casual, they have a new uh, one next door, the nicer version, Jersey Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Like Lauren Michaels? Yeah, it's like a two-star, um, in case you want Jersey to up it Mike's is where you get all your good stuff. I've so, heard anyway, about it. I we don't had James Austin Johnson in Austin. Uh, and he was great. He's a present cast member on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, does uh, Biden and Trump and other yeah. things. And a lot of, and he's uh, in a lot of and sketches. And does a tremendous Trump. Many people, terrific, I'm telling you, many people are saying, many, excuse me, mm. I wasn't Excuse me. <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't interrupting. Uh, a lot of people. Um, he, so, was, he was awesome. And we break down his impression of Trump very specifically and what he did with it. Mm -hmm. Right. We talk about SNL, going to the after parties, live audiences. Mm -hmm. The live audiences was actually way more fun than I thought because I thought it would be kind of quiet, but they were such a fucking great crowd. They got into everything. They were listening to everything. They were really into it. It's amazing. They listen to you a little bit. They listen to me a lot. They were a little they, quiet, um, but it's at points. But um, <laughs> And then but, he was great. And we did a big Q&A at the end, a big fucking fat Q&A. No net. Yeah. No rules. No rules. Just ad-libbing. I fell asleep twice during it. Uh, during my, I, my eyes were open. No, just it was, a, it was an hour and a half. I came in. I got up at five. I flew a long way. Is I was kind of low energy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You're going to be happy. Like you wouldn't believe this is one of the best podcasts we've ever done. No, it wound up being a great one. It was a great one. He was, he, he's just a, a young man. I hate it when you get old and you go, this kid, you know, he's like 47. You know, he's, he's like 32. 
He's just he's in the clubs. He's going along. He did a Instagram thing, and then suddenly he's on SNL, and his wife has a baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a what a life turn! And he's killing it on the show, and he's just a nice backstage. We we got into you know, I'm not calling it a brawl, but there was there was some physicality. Yeah, remember you held down James. I had to keep. We had to keep the two camps apart. Dana's camp, right, and, uh, his, and James's team. <laughs> Do you have a team or a camp? I don't have anybody. I don't have a Heather. I don't, Dana just walked down like wife. Biden backstage. Hello? <laughs> Is this the show? I don't like show business. No, you're at Saddle Ranch. You're way off. Come on. Come on. I never did that. That's parts of the Caribbean, what they said. You know, people, hey, the, people are the pirates. Biden just gave a speech. He's like, did they ever find out about Johnny Depp and the poop? And they're like, sir, can you stay There's on focus? wife. You have poop, poop on the bed and the pirates. Come on, I can do this. Anyway, James, I, I, he did. He's a stand-up. I watched his stand-up. I asked him about his stand-up questions. I asked him about how he came up with them. I read some of his jokes. He's an actor. He's a stand-up. Yeah, and we had a great time. We had a great time. And James, if you're seeing this, um, we we love you, man. James, sorry. <laughs> sorry, we made you pay for our valet. I don't bring any cash when I go on the we road. We were at the Four Seasons. He was at the Lucky Eight. I, I was at the Five Seasons. It's five one Seasons? Better, That's yeah. more than one. It has Indian Summer. Yeah, they had Tito's in the bar. I don't drink that flavor. Every but. time I was home and I go to my mom, do you have Tito's if I come to your house? Because I'm a little bit of a boozy Susie. And she goes, oh, I don't know if we have Cheetos. I know we have um, Cheez-Its. That's close. I go, where are you getting Cheetos? Oh, from Tito's. And then I said it again at dinner. I go, did you get any Tito's? She goes, we don't have Cheetos. I told you. I go, mom, I'm two feet away. Why are you, are you still getting Cheetos from this? And you know I already said Tito's. Cheetos and Tito's. Oh. One is a flavorful, salty, orange snack. Yeah. And the other is... Uh, is um, Booze. Mexican booze. I know someone whose <laughs> mom, they go for a car trip and his mom's like 85 and she always wants a case of Bud Light for the car trip. She's, She's like eighty five. She's just a grandma just on Bud vacation Lights all the way up. Yeah, but um. Anyway, your James, mom's adorable. Remember she's so adorable. She loves shoot? you. I I love her. She, she likes you more than me. Oh, where's Dana? He's so funny. So and those texts were real that I'm getting. Yeah, at midnight. Really? From she, Spudley's mom. I wish you were my son. She just first she starts with you up. Oh, I always just say hello. What up, when church I text. lady? I go, you, I, I text like a rapper. I go, yo, yo, yo. But it's like Morse code. Yo, 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 yo. Yeah, when did, yeah, bro. Bro, bro, bro. Yeah, like, yo, bro. That's kind of. Yo, yo, do you have a yo, yo? So because it was a live podcast, we we decided to do a little stand-up up front. And uh, from my side of it, I hadn't done a lot of stand-up because of the pandemic. Little, you've heard of it, COVID. And so I just did my Texas bits. So you'll you'll hear three of those because those are three impressions that I did Texans and it's a local stand up trick to kind of do local stuff. They went crazy, David. I did a little bit of a grab bag, uh, just to uh, get them settled in, introduce us, and then we went right to the meat and potatoes. David's stand up is really sharp right now, and you have a Keep Netflix this. special coming Keep out this. right, twenty sixth, which will be either. Two weeks from now or three days ago, depending on when this airs. And everyone has an N95 mask in, in the audience? Oh, yeah. I'm, 
Do you feel like you could have waited six weeks? I'm just saying, bro. I mean, bro. I mean, <laughs> I mean bro. I mean, yo. It's like six weeks later, you got fresh face. And they and weren't big... clapping either because they had them in straight jackets. No, they jackets. were drenched in sweat and asphyxiated. <laughs> Bronchial spasm. <laughs> no one can watch a special in an N95. You got to get an N92. I know where to get them. I know how to get it. You're going to be happy. Many people are saying it. But um, <laughs> that'll make, it'll be interesting to watch your special. Were there audience shots? With people with the N95s? Um, no, we had to borrow some from uh, the Academy Awards five years ago where people are applauding. On my special, we just had Will, Will Smith's face as laughing in the audience. The, the giggle <laughs> before the uh, Armageddon. What are you talking about? All right, here he is. James Austin Johnson. Hey, Fidelity. Can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Well, well, well. Yeah. Nice. They're filing in. I busted out the V-neck special. It's good to see everyone. This place is beautiful. My God. I haven't been in Austin since the uh, two summers ago for the Humidity Festival. Yeah. The Humidity Festival. I'm not going to explain them all, guys. It's going to keep moving like a train. Jesus, Dana. Um, so, I, uh, I was gonna, oh, they played Zeppelin. You remember Zeppelin, don't you? Some people do not. It's a tragedy. I was out with a bunch of young people, and, and uh, that song came on. I go, yeah, Zepp. And they go, Zeppelin. No. I go, you don't know who Led Zeppelin is? And she goes, dude, I don't know who Maroon 5 is, all right? I'm young and you're old. Is there a problem? I go, no, no, get your edamame, whatever. <laughs> now, I, uh, it's nice to see people. Thank you, whoever made it down. I appreciate it. We're, uh, we want to have a good time. It's very nice. I know there's a lot to choose from. Actually, I saw Tim Dillon last night. He's great. It's always a lot of fun here in Austin. If you could sit the fuck down. And um, no, no, I'm so appreciative. Sit up. And because I was playing, I played um, parking lot shows for two years. It was very tough. Honestly, I would play a, a drive-in theater. <laughs> They'd have 500 cars, and it was horrible. First of all, it was dead silent. I didn't realize that people were inside the car. I didn't think ahead. It was dead silent. And then, you know, and I'm trying to have fun with it going, hey, where my Camry's at? You know, I'm trying to, like, loosen up. And then about 30 minutes later, I hear, meep, meep. Hey, this Geo Prism knows what I'm talking about. It's embarrassing. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go off. I'm going to bring Dana out, and he's going to talk to you, and then we're going to both come out. So I'll see you in two minutes. Here you go. Dana Carvey, everybody. No, sorry. I'm closer in age to Biden than I am any other president I've ever done. So 
I know he has tight hip flexors. Yeah, we're chilling, let's do the monitor. How do I tell this thing? I said, I said, Pirates of the Caribbean, come on. So, my name is still on top. Fuck. Awesome. That means a lot. I haven't done stand up in 17 years, so this is a little rusty for me. I owe everything to Texas, and I'll explain that. My entire career is based on Texas. And I'm not kidding. George Bush Sr., Texas. Ross Perot, Texas. George Bush Jr., Texas. George Bush Sr., that was the innocent time of political comedy. <laughs> Gotta do it, education. Talking like this, going out there. I didn't know what he thought about my impression. There was no Twitter. He could have, you know, if it was today, he'd be at home going, Dana Garney, doing that impression of me again. <laughs> Waving his arms around like a spastic monkey. <laughs> Hashtag dick. <laughs> could have been. Ross Perot, you got, do you remember him? Anyone over 50? <laughs> He was a gift from God. He was so naturally funny. Can I finish one time? Can I finish one time? <laughs> there was a bit of James Brown to him. Can I finish one time? Can I finish? Hear not listening. Can I finish one time? <laughs> then we got W, the third Texan. <laughs> <laughs> that was a happy frat boy. He was just fun. He would tell jokes, they were funny. Two Irishmen walk out of a bar. It could happen. <laughs> he was the only one who could have debated Trump because he had that light on his feet kind of thing. Hey, Trump, who does your hair? <laughs> Stupid cuts. <laughs> That joke's so good, I'm going for a little ride. <laughs> so, before we light the candle, I just wanted to, because people always ask me, we're having fun doing this podcast. We get to see our friends, and we get to talk to them about this seminal moment in their lives of being on this crazy, intense show that just won't quit. It goes on and on. And my, I think one of my singular famous encounters, and one of my favorite moments. It's very quick, but you know, when you're on Saturday Night Live, these things happen to you. I was at a, the party after the show. I'm with Neil Young. We're having a few glasses, you know, Neil Young, super fan. We're having a glass of wine. I'm having a beer and we're talking. And he looks up and he sees Chris Farley and he just says like this, that fat kid's funnier than shit. <laughs> Oh, dude. Oh, well, we'll tell him when he get out. Introduce your boy, and then we'll uh, tell stupid stories. Okay, here's uh, a kindred spirit, my brother from another mother, the brilliant impressionist and comedian who just came out of nowhere, and he's with us tonight. We're going to find out. We're going to get underneath the hood. James Austin Johnson! Yeah! Uh, 
Oh, there he is. <laughs> Y'all started looking that way, I was, so I, I did a big loop. I oh, was hey. over there, and... Uh, I know what was going on. Hey, this is cool. Let's just have a casual conversation with all these people I looking know. at us. Let's see how it goes. Oh, mm -hmm. there's people. James, we heard backstage, you're getting so famous, you're, you're going to add a name to your name. So yeah. Are you looking for four or five? Do you get teased about your name? Because I heard you're playing in Florida and you're being introduced as James Fort Lauderdale Johnson. Yeah, that, the name, a lot of people don't know this, is that the name changes based on the cities that I perform okay, so. in. Uh, uh, you know, last Very week. Very chameleon. I, okay, what's, uh, you know, something, what's a hilarious city name? You name it and I, that's, that's Winnemucca. Yeah, James, James Winnemucca Johnson. Um, I was born James Nashville Johnson. I'm from Tennessee. So. Smart. What's your middle name, David? I don't know. Let's go to the phones. Um, <laughs> let's go to the phones, Spade. <laughs> no, it's uh, Wayne. David Wayne. David Wayne. No, your real middle name. That's ridiculous. That's, okay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Hey, it's a fly. You, guys you know, by the way, James, and you know, just forget Dana's here. You talk yeah, to, yeah. Talk yeah. to me. But what, when I flew here, this is a mildly funny story about a two out of ten. So I was on Thanks for the warning. I was on Southwest, and what happened was we're on there, and uh, you know, halfway through, they're like, you know, because I go, do they have any food? And they're like, so offended, I would even ask. I go, is it steak or chicken? They're like, oh, do you remember when they had food on planes? I go, I know, it's stupid. But she goes, we have five bags of peanuts left. Halfway through the flight, we're gonna shoot them out with a t-shirt gun. But <laughs> she goes, so look alive, heads up. But then, about 10 minutes before we landed, she goes, we have an announcement. And she came in the middle of the aisle, for real. She goes, you guys, we have an announcement. And she goes, no more masks, and threw it. And then everyone cheered. And then she pulled out a garbage bag, and everyone went, yeah! And then we go, oh wait, we need them in the airport. <laughs> But we were so excited. I thought it was a joke. I had a drunk woman next to me on the way out. She goes, no more masks and no more bras. Whoa. Yeah. I just made that up. Oh, man. That's a planned cute bit. When's your special come out? Uh, 26. <laughs> okay. Mine was an ad lib. Here's what I do. It's a 9 a.m. flight. James, we'll talk about. We both have a terrible fear of flying. Well, I'm, you know, I'm working on mine, and I feel like with co with cognitive behavioral therapy, I've really come a long way, uh, Dana. Um, um, and uh, I, really? I encourage it for you as well. I think that just exposure could, could be a boon for both of us. It's never totally. I'm better at it, but it's a 10 a.m. flight. Everyone's having hot coffee and I'd say, um, could I have a beer? And they go, okay. <laughs> and then later on they go, would you like another? And I pretend it's their idea. Oh, oh really? Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, it's only special? beer, but I only took, I only had two beers on a two hour flight. I had one wine on my three and a half hour flight oh, and oh. That's, that's a big deal because normally I have, you know, four or five bottles on the, on the flight. I don't, I don't, I have to fly sober. I mean, I can't, to get completely fearless would take a quart of vodka and I can't afford that. <laughs> I don't. I only drink light beer. But did you have therapy about it? Uh, I remember talking to my therapist about like uh, about the flight anxiety thing. I was like, mm -hmm. what if I get th that? Was like my excuse for not trying hard at comedy. Was like, what if I get successful? I have to fly all the time. I'm afraid of flying. And um, the, the truth was, I just wasn't a very good comic at the time. So <laughs> no one was going to be hiring me to fly anywhere at the moment. I, I asked um, my therapist about flying, and she goes, oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's the worst. I hate it. 
That was my that was her answer. Yeah. That was her answer. I'm terrible. Oh yeah. Oh god, me too. Oh, so I mean, you can't help me at all. Great. All right. Very good. So let's circle around to James Austin Johnson. Let's yeah. get back to him for a minute. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't really know where to start. If you'd like to go through when you first started doing stand-up, we sure. I mean, it's kind of an interesting trajectory that you took. So, so in like drama classes in middle school, I memorized like eight minutes of this. Um, comic, this clean comic, uh, whose first album was called Rebel Without a Curse. So okay. you know what you're getting. Uh, Brad Stein. This okay. guy, Brad Stein. And uh, I memorized, like, you know, stuff about airbags. It was, it was 90s stand-up comedy, and I just memorized, like, eight minutes of it, and then I, as, like, a 13-year-old or whatever, mm -hmm. I would be going to these monologue competitions in empty public schools at 7 p.m. at night, while a sullen <laughs> volunteer listens to me do seven minutes of someone else's stand-up yeah. comedy. Well, wait a minute. Monologue competitions at empty public schools <laughs> at night. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and you would, because uh, yep. I used to memorize Steve Martin. I, I get that. You, you'd find lock in the mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a comedian, but I loved comedy like most kids. Yeah. Memorized Steve Martin. I had listened to George Carl, and there were some, some back then. So it was really, I, was, I took pride in knowing that stuff. So I get what you're saying. Well, that's really great source material. I, I don't know if I can honor the source. <laughs> the source material I was cribbing from wasn't uh, one of the greats, Steve you know, Martin. necessarily. Um, did, but, you, did you have an ear before that, like when you were seven or eight or nine, oh yeah. did you notice? So was it I birds mean, or people or what were you doing? Uh, well, I'm the youngest in my family, and I grew up in a very, like, sort of um, conservative Christian environment, and it, it, the, all of life was sort of oriented around my very important and powerful, like, pastor grandfathers. Like, my dad's dad was a very important uh, pastor in our church, like, in the, like, global church of the Nazarene. That's, like, the denomination I came from. And then my, uh, my mom's dad was a college president of a Nazarene college. So I was just like always competing for attention from people who were like 60 years, 70, 80, 90 years <laughs> older than me. Church rock stars. Church rock stars. Interesting. That so I, oh, were so you I, in a church town? Were you in a church? Yeah, Nashville is like very, very, very churchy. Yeah, you even like, a lot of people uh, in Nashville. Um, I was there, it didn't seem like it at first <laughs> glance. You were at, at the Hedonist Hut downtown yeah. having a cocktail. Hold on, David. I was at Kid Rock's country shit show bar, and it didn't seem like uh... <laughs> David, are you... S <laughs> Sorry, hold on for a moment. Are you suggesting there might be a level of hypocrisy among <laughs> conservative Christian environments? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I just remember, like, learning, you know, whether, like, if it was... I remember learning Daryl Hammond's Al Gore, not knowing anything about politics. Oh, wow. And just repeating that for like adults at church and then flipping out that like a child is like, you know, doing lockbox well, or whatever. I, I happened to do it tonight because it was just available. Yeah. But do you, you must have a handle I mean, on Tennessee. You look a little like uh, Al Gore. Al Gore, well, I mean, a YouTube commenter said Wayne Gretzky the other night and I didn't feel very good about that. Wayne Gretzky? That's not bad, he's a stud. He's, he's a sexy guy, right? Yeah. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. Way sexier. Yeah. Let me rank who's sexy of the men. No, go ahead. Um, so, but were you always, we're jumping around, but. That's okay. We, did you go into stand-up 
mostly to do impressions or were you just a straight stand-up no. and stumbled into it? No, I mean, the impressions were just something fun that I would do sometimes with friends, but like soon after doing those monologue competitions and stuff, my dad was like, hey, do you want to fill time at this event at the college? And, and uh, I, did, I, I was just like, I was 14 and I said, I'm gonna do my own stuff. And oh. like an hour before the show, I wrote a set. I just oh, wrote it. I had no clue how to do stand-up. And I, mm-hmm. the first two times I did stand-up at 14, I did great. And oh. then every time until I was maybe 23 was <laughs> every, an absolute shit show. Yeah, <laughs> that happened to me. The first one, hey, I got this. Yeah. And then two years of Did you go up with anything you knew what you were going to do, Dana? Or what did you do? Um, I had, you know, these are 70s classics. I had a, a Captain Kirk bit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> right down the middle. Right down the middle. I had, the only thing that saved me, and I'm going to ask you if, if you sure, had a sure. fail safe, was yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Stewart as a waiter. Even in a, a bar with Hell's Angels throwing beer at me, that would always kill. And it was the only impression I really could do. Go right? ahead. It was Jimmy Stewart. Sh- Jimmy Stewart, do it? of course. Yeah. You need me to. You need one of us to guide I'm, you. I'm in. not proud of it. It's just, <laughs> it's just my love of Jimmy Stewart was so extreme. I wanted to learn to do him. So, no, it, it's called a tease. My yeah, point he's is ramping this. Up. I was driving around the peninsula near San Francisco in a Volkswagen Bug with my stoned-out friends. I'm like 21, and I'm. I'll, all, all of a sudden, it, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but, it, but all of a sudden it kind of hit me. <laughs> I mean, literally, all of a sudden, I, I, could, I could do Jim, Jimmy Store. <laughs> and this is not a bit, there was a jack-in-the-box, I had my friends go in, I went through the drive-through <laughs> to see if it would work. This is an absolute story, real time. Uh, we take your order, please? I said, yeah, I'll have, I'll, I'll have a jumbo jack and cheese. <laughs> but then later on, it was a bit, and he's just a waiter. Can I take your order? Well, we're not ready yet. Well, I, I got 10 other tables. What am I, a dancing monkey? <laughs> well, we, we want to know the specials. I told you the specials 10 minutes ago. <laughs> what? Well, fuck you two. Oh, no. That, well, no, that was the fail-safe in the bars. Did yeah. you have a bit that would always work? Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing that I always, that I always dig out is... Uh, uh, this I do this long setup, especially if I've already been tanking. I do this a lot at colleges where like if I, it's already like silent. Um, <laughs> Can't imagine. Uh, like anytime I talk during this podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, if it's like been silent, I will start telling this long story about like, well, I didn't want to be a comedian. I wanted to be a recording engineer. And uh, uh, and then I, I have this line that I say over and over. I, I know it's not the funniest part of the show. I know it's a little indulgent, no, no, but you we, know what? It's a piece of my process. life. No, that's the line. Yeah. That's the line that I say over and over. <laughs> I know it's not the funniest part of the show. I know it's a little self-indulgent, but you know what? It's a piece of my life and I like to share it with you. And I <laughs> yes. end up saying that like nine times and hopefully the smart people realize that I'm setting up a big... <laughs> dumb okay, bit. Let's hear but I'm basically, I'm just like, did you guys know that the Eagles are Scottish? The band, the Eagles are Scottish. I used to work in the studio in Scotland and uh, kept seeing the Eagles on the wall all the time. And I was like, hey, why are the Eagles always recording here? And, you know, my uh, supervisor, I know it's not the funniest part of the show. Maybe it's a little self-indulgent, <laughs> but, you know, it's a piece of my life and I like to share it. And This is what this podcast is it's about. That's all it is. All me doing yeah. is Dana do his talk. And then my supervisor uh, said, uh, 
uh, did you know the Eagles are actually Scottish? And, and uh, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, they changed their voices in post-production to make them sound like they're from California. It was a big marketing thing. And, okay. and uh, I, you know, I, before I go, I just tell you, you know, what's a famous Eagles song? And I'll tell you what it was like to hear the original cut. You know, I got to hear all the original demos. So what's a, what's Hotel like Hotel California. Hotel California was really interesting. Hotel California has a really interesting story behind it. <laughs> Hotel California is kind of like, um, Welcome to the Hotel California! Such a lovely place! Such a lovely face! <laughs> so I do, like, I do like five Eagles songs, and then I say, Did you know that any song is Scottish? Every song ever recorded, any song was originally Scottish. Did you know that that's true? And I just wait till people start shouting, song. Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus, or something like that. Any song. Give it to us. Freebird. <laughs> I'm as free as a bird now! <laughs> like, by the end of it, my voice is thrashed, and then I can't do my job in, in New York City anymore. And It's impressive, because you're, I see you here kind of laid back, and, and then when I see that come out of you, it's like, okay. That's coming from someplace. <laughs> I saw, it's hard to yell that loud, but we'll get to your trumpet. Okay. Now, Dana, I saw uh, this young gentleman on Do Stand Up uh, at a place called YouTube today. And, um, <laughs> but you were on a big show called Hot Tub. I don't know what that is yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, they- uh, It's in East Hollywood. It's you've done a, a lot of acting. Oh, is that a, is that a club? It's Hot Tub is like a show that started in New York. It's hosted by Kurt Braunohler and Kristen Schaal. You probably know Kristen Schaal. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but they host that every Monday at the Virgil in East Hollywood in Silver Lake. Okay. So yeah. I saw a clip of you on there, and uh, we're going to go over some of your jokes. Okay. Uh, this is terrifying. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. I, I hit up Dana today. I said, I think these are pretty funny. Um, you said Stevie Wonder. Um, there's a song about where he talks about how pretty the women are, and you go, why would Stevie Wonder care if they were pretty? And then you say, because he's married. And uh, I thought that was a good misdirect joke. Yeah, I saw Thank that. You. That's that a good joke. Thank was, you. I didn't see it coming, and yep. then uh, you talk. No, you don't, oh, I didn't mean no, to I say didn't. that. That's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, and you oh. said you had some religious jokes. You said, I go to church, I go to off-season church, which is a mm -hmm. funny term. So that means not the big holidays. You have to go in the dead parts in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's a real church. The red, right. red shirt, red shirt church, you know, scrimmages. <laughs> yeah. And I like you watch uh, Inception, you watch movies with your mom and she talks, she has questions the whole time just for you. Yeah. And wants answers from you during Movies, and movies. then you pick Inception, which is funny because it's like the hardest movie to follow. Yeah. And then all your mom says is, "Are you gay?" <laughs> yeah, that's her time. question. That's her question. The whole yeah. movie. These are great jokes. It's killing. Those are great jokes. I'm telling them, and they're working because they're yeah, great. You did a great job, and you. Uh, they're just funny thoughts, I think. Um, and you, you're, you were a bit of a Bible thumper. Was that always your whole life? <laughs> because some of your jokes, are they, any of them R-rated? Are any of your jokes dirty? Anymore? I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, now I, they are? They, I but mean, they started not. Uh, no, I, I, I was only like a teen Christian comedian. I was only like, I was only concerned about the like clean Christian comedy until I was maybe like 17 or 18. And then from then on, I wanted to be accepted by the wider world. And, and you said, uh, we're going to talk for a few minutes about Poontang. Poontang. <laughs> <laughs> no, I changed gears here. I don't get that rough. I I don't know. It's because you want to like you want to appeal to as many people sure. as possible, right? Also, there's a there's you have a look, you have a feel that uh, 
I have this too, a little bit, not as much, but they, they, you, you sort of cemented your brand of comedy and they, they buy a certain type from you. Mm. And I think I was on TV for a long time and not, not a lot of people knew I did stand up. So they knew me from PG 13 TV shows and movies. And so if I went too far beyond that, they would quiet down. Mm. So I had to feel it out like a boxer where it, they didn't want it too rough from me. And I think Dana's kind of like that too. Do you not that dirty? Well, I think on Saturday Night Live, you have some parameters. You have a censor guy, and so you're limited, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of nice. You like to have some boundaries of what you can do because then you have to get more yeah. clever. I mean, Seinfeld famously had a joke that had an F-bomb in it, yeah. and he worked for like three years in a room to like make it just as funny without the F-bomb. Right. But I, I said fuck a lot tonight because I hadn't done stand-up in a while. If I do a lot of stand-up, those F-bombs go way down because I'm not as jumpy. So and sorry it, about that. That's I, no. it is it is funny to be like at a table read and watch like one line uh, in a sketch be like you know like there was one thing where the where Bowen and Ad were doing their uh, their pop group thing. Mm -hmm. This is like uh, this glitter revolution. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they have like a catchphrase at the end of their little like pop group song about Costco or whatever. And their catchphrase for this one was "Pussies to the sky." And <laughs> you're like watching Lauren being like reacting of like they're not going to say that on the television. <laughs> and then you know you get there and you watch it at dress and it's holes to the sky. Oh, so we I've been hearing yeah. I've been hearing Tempered hole down. a lot. On on it's SNL, almost grosser, like, it, it is grosser. It's yeah. more disturbing. Yeah, they do that with censorship. They give you a different word that's more sickening and, exactly. and more offensive. Yeah, it is. It is. Just no. let it. Just let them say the gross word because the alternatives are so well, I, I had terrifying. That with, with Churchley, which I've talked about before, oh, yeah, but I couldn't say. They said that she can't say penis that much, so I had to swap out penis and then do something like that. And it was kind of like your, well, your naughty, throbbing, engorged loaf is willing and ready. It was way, way more your pornographic. Redheaded meat missile. Yes. <laughs> throbbing and willing. You know, it's like, so they go, that's terrific. Yeah, good. Great. You fixed that problem. No more penis. Welcome to Throbbing Oregon. I guess we should ask this uh, guy, when he, the SNL, because we want to get to SNL stuff, sure, but yeah. when you, uh, all the basic stuff, you get your, you're on the road doing stand-up. Are you a middle? Are you a headliner? Oh, featuring for like 10 years straight. Just yeah, like I was a middle. 20. That's the uh, yeah. act before the headliner. You do about 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, that's when I got hired too. So, and you were a full headliner. Wow. Yeah, but I came up early. They were just trying to, can you do 45? <laughs> I mean, I went to a toy store to get bits. I mean, I, I had a trunk like Robin Williams, they sold my them? idol. I, I got a guitar because I could fill time. It was a different, they were just building comedy clubs at that time. Picture this, Dana. Okay. It's easy to picture. It's blazing hot outside. You need to head to work. You get in your car. You turn on the AC and get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but nope, it doesn't work. Instead, you've had this blowing hot air out of your vents right into your grill. No, your car doesn't hate you. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro 
recharge kits. AC Pro recharge kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. David? And the AC Pro app offers clear vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro recharge kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. Mm -hmm. And what makes a home is more than just house or property. It's the location and the neighborhood. Yes, exactly. This is really, really a smart uh, thing. If you have kids, it's also schools, regards the homes, nearby parks, transportation mm -hmm. options. That's why homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. Yeah, and when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools, with test scores, state rankings, mm -hmm. student-to-teacher ratio. This is stuff you need. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's right. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place, homes.com. We've done your homework. But so you're a feature act. So take us back, like, I know you're married and you yeah, just yeah. had a child. Yeah. So before your wife got pregnant, how many months? Yeah. Tell how did you for my sex? son, Homer, everyone. How did so you get her pregnant? You, you, you debut on SNL in early October 2021. Yeah. yeah. So if you take us back before, you were just married and you were a feature act on the road, right? How, how many months before you became this... this yeah. Superstar. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, I mean, I was, I was featuring pretty regularly, just like flying out to random clubs, like every other, like once every two or three months, like not, not steady work, but whenever like a buddy would be mm -hmm. able to throw me a bone and Honey, try. And I'm off to gut busters. Okay. <laughs> see you soon. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> That's a real one. Um, yeah, I mean, just some busters. Gut busters. Oh, really? Sir <laughs>, laughs a lot. I Honey, I'm off to I'm off to sleep in a comedy condo with uh, with some grown yeah. men uh, smoking Camel Blues indoors and playing Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, mm -hmm. it's it's such a weird lifestyle. And I, I in that period when it started to take off for me, that was the height of my plane anxiety and fear, okay. and that kept me from flying. reaching for the stars. Did fame calm it down a little bit? <laughs> Did fame calm it down? <laughs> um, well, so when my wife and I got back together, so she was my first girlfriend ever. Then we broke up for like five years and a lot of my time in LA, I was single. And then we got back together in 2017. And that's when I did JFL in Montreal. I was a new just face there just for laughs, right. you know, and, um, <laughs> you know, my career started to like take shape and I was like, oh, I could probably actually do this professionally. Um, and can I just ask you what, 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 so she was your first love and then five yeah. years and then yeah. what made you come back around do you think if you could share that with us it's maybe kind of is she, and make it as personal as possible um, <laughs> is she my wife's Irish Catholic to the core oh, really? so I like religious people uh, I mean my wife and I aren't religious our families are though Oh, so okay. we're the like you have sex we have sex yes <laughs> she whispered it and said ask him <laughs> 
Austin is nasty tonight. <laughs> filthy, filthy. Uh, uh, yeah, we. Um, but uh, let's see. We we when we got back together, I saw her on Instagram. I saw that she was in L.A. for a Dolly Parton show, and I thought maybe we'd hook up or something. Here we go. Hashtag Dolly Parton show. Let's see who's there. I thought I thought we'd get beers and like make out a little bit or something. Nice. I was like I was like, oh yeah, maybe we'll hook up. That'll be sweet. And then we just like immediately were like engaged like within. Very, very quickly. That's it was nice. one of those things where it was like, That's oh, this great. is, I'm marrying this person. So when she, and she's studying to be a counselor, her dad is like a counselor, her mom is a counselor, mm-hmm. and they sort of helped me adjust to like flying and like they helped me sort of hook into overcoming my like crippling anxiety with travel and all that stuff. And, and it just, it just, I, I'm just good at it now. I, How like, are I enjoy you with it anxiety now. on Saturday Night Live? You know, Bill Hader, it was just, it was just oh, horrible yeah. for him. <laughs> the crying and sobbing in yeah. the bathroom. Um, Panics. You knew the bathroom he's talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I go and in there now. Yeah. The sob chamber. That's a, that's a co-ed bathroom, and I will say that I have anxiety shits sometimes. Okay, we're going to go to let's, a quick uh, commercial. We're going to do a deep dive on the... Uh, <laughs> So it's not On fun your, to. It's not now fun. What kind to, of load are we talking about? <laughs> are we talking loafs? No, I don't really have anxiety with SNL. It's like it's the, what? It is the. It's the only <laughs> thing. It's like the job that I truly. I truly enjoy. Now, am I having fun live? I can't say that I am loose and having fun yet. I am too fearful of not getting the cards right sure. and not getting the camera cut right, and I'm still totally stuck on all that but mm-hmm. um it, the job is super fun like right. it's um hearing y'all talk to like bill about loosening up in your like mm-hmm. four or five seasons in yeah playing around like watching keenan how he can like grab his card really quick and like go back yeah. into the scene like i'm just watching the experts do it and i'm hoping that i'll absorb that soon <laughs> there's nothing like just doing it over yeah. and over again but yeah exactly you well, there, there's a feel of always wondering if your if your job is steady and if you're going to get fired so which is legit everyone does I, mean, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really have that i gotta be honest <laughs> i got lucky it's <laughs> true the church lady the first night I know. out you so, came out of the box uh, and uh i was more just trickling in over time and it was tougher because they could have cut me and no one would have noticed that was the hard part you came out they would have noticed well, you were my understudy oh yeah i came in as his understudy so it was like we have a good one of that so do we need the other one I was literally like... No, Lauren would say to me, David's Aaron always Rogers ready. David's always ready, Dana. <laughs> and you'd sit behind me and read thrills. And i go, don't blow it. Don't blow it, guy. But did you... You were always funny. Did you... Oh, yeah. When did Lauren call you? No, no. First of all, you oh, auditioned. Yeah. And do you audition all stand-up or impressions or both? Okay, so so I was just like a straight stand-up pretty much all my career, and it was really during the pandemic that I started post. Like in like when I did New Faces in 2017, I did Louis C.K. It's part I did I did like uh, uh, spiritual Louis C.K. That was like my closer. Was like, do you ever do you ever just have like a moment uh, with uh, uh, the the universe or God or you define that uh, presence in your life and you go and you, it's amazing. You go outside and the sky is blue and that's enough. <laughs> Damn. That's- 
See, that's like a magic trick. It's a magic trick. I do like it. And my, to me, it's like a magic trick. And my daughter's a dick. Yeah. Um, uh, and you had Louie, and that was your Louis. only one? That was the only... I, I would just oh, you, like, Were you doing it on TikTok? Because I swear no, to God, no. I thought I saw you. Did you walk around and film yourself doing Trump? Yeah, so like when the yeah. pandemic happened and comedy died in L.A., I would just... My, my wife and I were just stuck in our 200-year-old apartment in Glendale <laughs> in a crumbling rat infested building 22 grand a month uh exactly <laughs> <laughs> have you seen last. my bills i love um, and i would yeah. just go out on those walks by myself and that's really where the trump started to truly you know, take shape i would try it on stage and i would say i would do the thing that a lot of people do with trump where they just say the crazy things he said yeah mm-hmm. and half the people were pissed off that i was reminding them that he said crazy shit. Yeah. Right. And the other half of the people were like, you can't talk about Jesus Christ that way. <laughs> there was like, it was, like I could never get the room because sure. half the people f- were like obsessed with him and the other half were like, sure. don't even mention Voldemort. So, <laughs> so when I started talking about like wizards and, and mm-hmm. swords and like stuff that, <laughs> stuff that makes no sense, that's like, yeah. that's when the audience started enjoying the Trump Dana, I saw this clown. I was like, not, maybe it was Instagram, <laughs> but. Oh yeah, it, Instagram it, and Twitter. It, it popped up that and it was like, uh, you're walking, but it didn't seem to match your face. Like oh, really? the voice I thought was really Trump and you were just mouthing along <laughs> because you yeah. were talking very casually and it was stream of conscious. You were talking about different things mm-hmm. and it's very hard to be put on the spot and do an impression because, you know, I've done a few in my day, but I see how Dana does it. And, and there's little hooks you do, like any impressionist. And so if you can't go to those hooks because you sort of memorize a bit in your act that where you get to hit all the good spots. Mm. But like if you're on a radio show and they go, hey, what would he think about this? And you're like, oh, shit. Like, A, you don't have no, any jokes about it, and B, right. you're just trying right. to talk and match the tones and everything. That's really hard to do and all the shading, and you were doing it, and I was like, this guy's pretty good. I remember sending it to people, and then when you got SNL, I go, is that that same dude that was just walking around <laughs> yeah, the neighborhood? Yeah, just walking around. Going <laughs> but it sounded so good that I, was, I wasn't really shocked. I just go, I can't believe they found him. That's, you know? cr- I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, got, I did get lucky, I think. Um, it may have been because I had a podcast called "What Things Are What Things," uh, where we just you know we would match up what things are what things like you yeah, know what uh, sure. what jackass cast members are what sandwich ingredients you know we'd have a guest on and they'd be like well I think Johnny Knoxville is probably roast turkey sure and then they explain their answer and I would always come on as a as a character so on this podcast that's how I got used to like doing an impression for like ten minutes straight. So that's where I worked on Joe Biden. I did Bob Dylan. I would do Bob Dylan a lot, you know. What what era, Bob? Like um, recent? Or? I would do like the serious XM theme time radio Bob Dylan. Oh, okay. You know, like the recent yeah, yeah. like. Hey. When we got another hit by this, this, we got another hit by the Ink Spots. Five five brothers who love to sing incredible music. And here they are singing Java Giant. So I would, I would do that kind of thing. Yeah. My, and then he would, and then he would spin off talking about his son Jacob Dylan. Like, oh no, Jacob Dylan didn't want to hang out with his father for a damn. <laughs> I said, I want to go to IKEA. Why can't you bring me to IKEA with you? I like to pick up a little pencil. I like to mark down what couches we found affordable. Why won't you go to IKEA with your father, Jacob Dylan? 
I'm waiting for that on SNL. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. I want to do Bob. We pitched a new it. Bob Dylan work it in. We pitched it. So, so you know, those... that time will come. I just feel like right now. We're just well, not ready yet. Yeah. So, uh, Dana, you'll do David. David will do Dana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and, Lauren. I was going to say, uh, do you we'll, have a Lauren? We'll, we'll, uh, I do like, I. there's a lot of Lorns that people do. And I think sure. the, yeah. Lauren, the Lauren that you do, I think, is rooted in the era probably that you met yeah. him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a little deeper now. He's a little deeper now, and it's like, uh, well, it's it's almost spring. It's almost spring, and people will be going outside. <laughs> He's very soft-spoken. <laughs> Maybe a good show this week. Yeah, it would be nice if we did comedy. <laughs> Any comedy lined up for read-through? We're going to have a two-week break, and it'd be really nice yeah. to go home and yeah. not have people mad at you. Yeah. People ask you about the show, you'll say you enjoyed the show, and you'll be talking about the show, and James will do Dana, and David, you'll do, you'll do James. He goes to me, All right. David, everyone's going to tell you you're the best person on the show, and you're not. You're not. And I go, they yeah, do I'm say me. that. Because all you do is it happens to every cast member that their friends all go, you're the funniest one on the show. And then Lauren regulates and goes, yeah. that's what they tell each cast member. And, uh, <laughs> and it was kind of a wake-up call, but it was true. It's good to, because I was like, but everyone, and then I think of everyone as friend, mom, family, dad. <laughs> yeah. like, Brother, sister. They fucked you, man. Yeah, you you're so, so good. One. <laughs> no. I'm going to break down just for my own amusement. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. sure, sure. Uh, James is awesome, Trump, because I, I think that the way you do it is like free association jazz, and I know you can... I, yes. wanted, to, I wanted to say oh, that fuck. a podcast clip of mine that I think, I think it caught on with like Seth Meyers and his mm-hmm. group of friends, because it was Trump talking about 2000s New York alt comedy. It was like I had okay. been doing Trump. <laughs> do you want then, to do it a little bit? Then our guest, Whit Thomas, was like, hey, tra- you, weren't you a comic back then in the 2000s in New York? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's, you know what? It was so wonderful to be with comedy. You know what? With comedy, it was never about the shows. It was never about the shows. It was about the diner afterwards. We loved diner. And I would, I'd be eating pancakes. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, he's a little little tamer back then. Can I talk, please? She's not giving me any moment to talk. I'm eating pancakes with Patrice O'Neill, and I just can't believe that I get to do this every night. It's so wonderful. Greatest city on earth. And you do Gotham, and you do Rafifi, and you do, maybe you'd get a spot at the Boston or something, and a little couple dollars in your pocket, and you say, oh, this is a pretty good gig. <laughs> Made 300 bucks tonight, you know, maybe buy a PlayStation, or go to Gap. <laughs> There's so much detail in that. And you did the little breath thing, you know. Here, I'll give you a... Thank you very much. I'll read these as myself. Okay. Like, these are just Trump things that you've incorporated with free association. I don't even... I bet you never wrote these down or anything, but I I watched your thing. Okay. Frankly, let me tell you, you're going to be seeing a lot of it. it. I can... That I can tell you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that I can tell you, that I can tell you. Let me, t- let me <laughs> tell you, frankly. Frankly. Let okay, let me tell you. <laughs> you can read it if you can read those. Frankly, those. let me tell you, you're going to be seeing a lot of, excuse me. Excuse me. I can tell you that. That I can tell you. I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, when you look at, I mean, when you look at, when you, I mean, when you look at, yeah, that, that yeah. connector phrase, like, yeah. uh, ask me something that I, do. so you're going to be a reporter, and you're going to ask the real Trump a question he doesn't have an answer to. So I'm just going to not have an answer to it. Right. So do you think we're going to increase uh, exporting natural gas to Europe? I mean, when you look at what China's doing in terms of esports, <laughs> I mean, really, when you look, I think when e-sports. you look at all of it, if you look at gas, I mean, <laughs> gas is one thing. But frankly, when you're looking at all the rest of it, I can tell you that, I mean, when you look at what they're doing with, and look at what the Democrats have told us. Oh, I love it. The way that he can. Let's do it. Oh. He'll just spin it off into like his mesmerizing like way of talking in some other yeah, place. Yeah, flip the page. There's more if you want to see. <laughs> I had to. Oh write yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> and it didn't work out so great for some of those people. <laughs> it, and it didn't work out so great for it, some of those it didn't people. Work out. Yeah. I love that one. Man, I mean, we were all listening to his voice for four and a half hours yeah. every day yeah. for like five years. You're the one who put it all together, you know, and then you made it into this supernatural. And look at what they're doing. Let's see. Look at all of it. Frankly, look at all of it. Look at all of it. And people, people are very, very disappointed. disappointed. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. A lot of people, people are, are very talking. disappointed like you wouldn't believe. Like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> That's a big one. There is a level of disappointment that would make your head spin, frankly. That would make... There's so much yeah. disappointment. There's so, people are, and people are angry. What people? What are they angry about? It never matters. He always says anybody. He says someone, and a lot of people are saying very bad things about someone. They're always you're hearing saying, it more and more all the time. It's so all very end run. It's vague and it goes into a corner. You know what? Terrible deal, a really bad, bad deal. You're seeing it all over the place. Many people are saying, okay. You're seeing it all over the place. Many people are saying. And they're saying, we don't want that. We're not people. We're not people who want that. We're not people. We are going to be doing something very soon. We are going to be doing something about it. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. My favorite was when he was at the rallies during the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and they can't even tell you what the 19 stands for. It's literally 2020. <laughs> it's 2020, and I'm like, context clues, what do you think the 19 probably stands for? The 2019 version yeah, of, the, yeah. of the virus? I think that was all I had, but okay. Oh, uh, man. He does say words like, old-fashioned words like terrific and fantastic. Things like yeah. your dad says, your grandmother. That, that aren't the vernacular as much anymore, but it just, he keeps throwing them in there. It's so, it, it reminds you that he's do you 75. Do you want to do, oh yeah, he's, he's 75, <laughs> and it's the mix of the old-timey language and the old-timey way of thinking and speaking about people, but he's obsessed with something rude that Lady Gaga said about him on <laughs> a radio show or something. Lady Gaga was very, very rude. <laughs> not nice. And she was, she was not, she was not nice. She was not, there's also the kindergartner thing of just like breaking down what would have been a more elegant phrase yeah. with, with another presidential candidate and just breaking it down to like the caveman fragment, like not nice. Very big. Stone cold loser. Stone is a stone cold loser. I mean, that's the, that's where you get the, the like 80s wrestler 
thing. Oh, okay. Because there's a little bit of 80s yeah. wrestler to it, yeah, too. Yeah, WWE. Now, you yeah. do something, you, a little birdie told me, you do something well, where someone could give you a famous TV show and you could talk about it as Trump. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Well, since they don't think it's, this is not pre-planned, you guys yell out any kind of famous TV show? Okay, there's 200. What did you hear? I can't. The A-Team. The A-Team? The Wonder Years? Anything you've heard of. You know what, with Winnie Cooper, she was, she was very beautiful. But I don't think that Mr. Savage, you know, Mr. Savage just needed to wait his turn. I think that he needed to wait his turn with Winnie, because Winnie wasn't ready for what they were doing with Wendy. And Joe Cocker is such an awful person when you meet him with Joe Cocker. That is someone who needs a little bit more help from his friends. I think, I think he probably had to, you know what, they said that he got high with the help of his friends. I said, what kind of friends are that if they're helping you with drugs and they're helping you, and you look at China, you look at what they're doing with Russia, what they're doing with, honestly, what they're doing in Austin, Texas is absolutely awful. I think it's such a terrible thing with the segways and the river and the bats. You know those bats shit everywhere. Those bats are shitting on all of it. And I said, I was looking around, they show me the bridge and I said, we gotta do something about this bat problem. Do something about the bats because, and you know what they call it? Guano. Did you ever hear that? They call it guano. Have you ever heard that? I said, What the hell is guano? And they said, It's what they call the poop, and they poop straight down the front of their breast. You know, they, they poop, and you see the poop on the, like, what does it go in their mouths? So we've been talking to Dracula, we're talking to Frankenstein, we're gonna do something about the bats because the bats, frankly, should be sleeping horizontally. And this whole thing that Joe, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala, they want the bats to be hanging upside down. They want you to be eating bats every night. There needs to be a brazen claim about what the Demo something the Democrats aren't doing. But but there's like a there's like a I mean, come on. Well, that was all from the Wonder Years. <laughs> yeah. They were always talking about China on the Wonder Years. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was Savage. Savage was. Savage was very involved with everything that was going on with China, with in terms of China wall and with regard to microchips and supply chain. I mean, it's really awful. What with Steve Jobs and all of it, I think it's terrible. <laughs> I think it's terrible. <laughs> it's like you don't really need like joke jokes. It's just the rhythm and the references are I'm so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't like you. Know, I, I just listen to this for hours. I mean, I you just love. That's how the he flow of it. That's how he led us for four years. Is because it is fun to it's, hear him talk. It's yeah, fun to hear fun. whether you like him or not like him. Whatever your politics are, you're right. Is, you will is, probably be hypnotized by the weird rhythmic way that he speaks. I mean, it, it works. It oh, does. Yeah, work. like how he'll just repeat, "You're gonna be winning, winning like you wouldn't oh, it's believe." It's gonna it. be so good. Like you just yeah. believe it because he said it twenty times in a row within within one minute. Within one minute, it's gonna I, be so. You're not gonna. Yeah. It's so good. It's gonna be incredible. Frankly, it's gonna be very, very good. Like, yeah. I, so I understand why my grandpa, who was like hardcore conservative, 
you know, who would never have voted for a Trump in his life. But the minute that Trump was on TV 24 seven, if you just hear, I'm going to be amazing at this mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like, and the people that hated him gave him the most airtime. They're like, can you believe that he's saying this? I'm like, you well, probably. They, they call it the Trump bump on CNN. They got a mil- a billion net per year. Yeah. I mean, it's just fun to hear him talk oh, and it's yeah. mesmerizing it's, and it works. It's it just good works. That he, I mean, he has energy and then you go from that and then Biden doesn't seem to have a ton of energy so it's not yeah you're more like concerned for biden that he's okay like i hope someone's near him in case he tips you know so it went from trump this guy right and then it's just the exact opposite so it's just not as fun for comedians to there's not as much there i don't oh, think yeah. it's a very quiet kind of yeah he's quiet and, and and biden threading the needle with biden is tricky for one thing I, there's just like an exhaustion in the audience like not even just on snl but like when I go out and do stand-up. If I'm doing stand-up in Nashville, or a blue state, or wherever it is, a red state, a blue state, doesn't matter. Like, people are kind of, like, tired of talking about who the president is all the time. And it's like, you know, with Joe, we just know that he's gonna be over there, and he's gonna be doing his thing. And it's like, their audiences don't, it feels like they don't want you to go in on Biden. Like that's, I, I always feel like, oh, am I doing him too old? Am I playing up the stutter? Cause like if I do the stutter a lot, like I get right. people who are like, you shouldn't make fun of people's stutter. Yeah. And I'm like, have you heard how I make fun of Donald Trump? Right. Because it should be I'm pretty game. mean to Donald Trump. Like if Biden was a hardcore Republican, what would SNL do to him? I don't know, <laughs> but but it's a sensitive one. This right, one we never I think had. Alec someone... was Alec was clearly hates Trump, so it comes through as a mm-hmm. mean impression. I think True. at least your Trump is just a funny, goofy one, like it used to be on SNL, like with Dana, with Bush, and Biden. I guess funny. It, it's a little softer on him, but maybe because he seems more ginger or something. I don't know. It's weird. It's like with Trump, it's like his body is like melting. <laughs> he's like afraid of stairs. He doesn't want to walk uphill. There's like all these things where he's like, he's very like a Jacques Tati, like silent film kind of French <laughs> comedy character. Yeah. But his brain is super sharp and he's just ready to scream about, you know, like Sarah McLachlan. Like he's ready to scream about a celebrity. Anything. Yeah. It's oxygen to him. That is. Joe, and it seems like Joe is not ready to talk, he wants to be silent. And his body, like you, when you see Joe Biden, he's like always wanting to like jog around and hop on. I know, I was and, doing it. He's got tight hip flexors. He so yeah, so he's. <laughs> so mean, so you have the guy whose like body is there, but like I know, you know, like the the speech isn't rapid like Trump. He's not like a powerful like bam bam no. bam speaker, and and then he does spark up. Like you, you'll see when Biden like sparks up. Like when he, on the campaign trail, there would, every once in a while, there'd be a time like right in the middle of a speech where he's like, yeah, we're, we're gonna be working hard. Store better jobs. Better jobs for everybody. Jobs that we can get the kids working again. That'd be great. He's like, kids can't buy cigarettes. The kids buy cigarettes. Kids used, be, kids used to be able to buy cigarettes and they could do it, they could do it whenever they wanted. It was good. Kids could do it whenever they wanted and the kids loved to smoke cigarettes. And then he'd like coast back down again. I was like, that's what, that's what we're working on. <laughs> right? It's not about yesterday. I don't want to be president yesterday. Yeah. I don't care about him. Come on, let's Come get on. real. 
It's not about yesterday. Yesterday, you said, you'll call Sears. I'll call today. You'll call now. Yeah. I'll call now. My father lost his job. No joke. I'm not kidding around I'm not here. Kidding around. Yeah. You know, my mama used to have a saying. That's my favorite Joe Biden thing. Yeah. My mom used to have a saying. Yeah. And then you, then, then you just fill it in with whatever thing you need to say in that. <laughs> now, my mom used to have a saying. Yeah. She said, we need more auto plants in Michigan. It's like, I don't think your mom used to we say that at the breakfast table. cargo ships. <laughs> she said that a lot before he makes, he makes a list. That's one of his hooks. Yeah, Number yeah. one. Number one, what the guy said. Number two, you know the drill. Come on, folks. Let's get real. I'm talking loud now. Yeah. Watch me talk loud. I know how to talk loud. Yeah. I mean, it feels like he's kind of spitting into the wind, wanting that energy the Corvette <laughs> 50s guy come out, you know? And he's got, he's pretty loud. He sees that prompter and he kicks into a yeah. full sentence. He's like celebrating. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, I got the whole thing. He looks around, yeah. waiting for an applause break. They're like, keep going. He's come on. <laughs> I'm on a roll. It's on the band that's in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it is Jimmy Stewart. It is oh, oh, Jimmy yeah. Stewart. It's Jimmy Stewart, and I try to mix in a little Owen Wilson into it. Oh, wow. You know, so like, sort of, yeah. You know how Owen Wilson always has that moment in the buddy comedy where he has to psych up the other guy? Like, oh, man, I trusted you. <laughs> you're so, you're the best skater here. <laughs> so it is Biden. I see you skating, and I think, wow. I want to do that. So that's, yeah. like, I bring an Owen Wilson into my yeah. mind. It's fun to have dinner with Owen Wilson. Yeah. He's got a great voice. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of that. But on SNL, it's a kind of a tough little sort of, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough more to delicate. For it's tough reason. to thread that needle just because, yeah. you know, if you, do, if, you do, if you do go too savage on him, mm -hmm. you get, you run into a thing of like, don't, like don't right. kick grandpa. That's, that's kind too of thing. far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And and Trump is just not seen as grandpa. He he doesn't get the society. No, look at the strength of his voice benefit. when you do it. It's like really loud. I, mean, I know. You know. He still thinks it's 1987. He still thinks he's like partying with like at Epstein's house. You know. Yeah. Like, just does, like does look he, at all this beautiful tan. <laughs> like he still thinks. <laughs> I know he was uh, not, ha I don't think he was happy with Alec Baldwin was uh, impression. Have you heard anything, uh, any feedback? You know, they, they took him off Twitter. I wonder if he still had Twitter, what he would be saying about the SNL. Other than you're horrible at it? Uh, yeah, oh, he's a terrible, he's terrible at it. <laughs> terrible. I miss, I do miss him on Twitter. I think it's like, <laughs> I think it's good to like hear what people have to say in general. That's like my opinion on all that is like. Yeah. I would, I, mean, I would agree with that. Yeah, hear both Let him talk. What do you, Let what him do you, talk. Because like Bernie Sanders said, what are you afraid of, Woods? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I mean, yeah, let him talk because, his, I mean, if you don't like him, he's going to say something that you can latch on to for the next couple right. years. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, it, it is, but I also get why they kicked him off because it's like, dude, shut up. Like, like, I get both sides of it of just like, just being done with it of like, I can't hear him talk every day for 10 more hours. Like, um, and so now oh, yeah. I do that to people. Now I am... <laughs> The person you who makes are, them You are to Trump, Trump right now, publicly. You're, yeah, yeah, I think so. You've become Trump. It's I weird. Like, you'll see the YouTube comments after a cold open, and people are like, 
why are they still doing Trump stuff? He's irrelevant. And I'm like, I don't know. He's kind of the m most consequential figure in American politics still. Like, very important cultural figure. Well, he's going to run in 2024. <laughs> he's, he's the leader of the Republican Party. It's, He's just an important person to hear from. Like, it's not irrelevant. Where does his energy come from? He's 300 pounds. It's Kentucky Fried Chicken, hot dogs and hamburgers. filet fishes He's almost 80. What the hell? Does he How? drink tab? <laughs> I drink 300 tabs a day. 300, a lot of tabs, I can tell you that. Well, we're, do it. we're doing wonderful work with RC Cola and with... Cold. I like wonderful work. Because <laughs> that's know. so 80s or 70s. And I, love, and I love to personify something that is not a real person and brag that I have a relationship with them. Like, uh -huh. RC and I, by the way, Mr. Pepsi and I are very good friends. <laughs> Pepsi, you know, Richard, Pepsi is a very important person to me and our wives are friends. We play golf sometimes. And <laughs> I'm very good friends with Dr. Pepper. Been to Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Dr. Pepper was at Mar-a-Lago last week. His daughter, his daughter had the most beautiful wedding dress you've ever seen. And I said, Pepper, you, you've got to, I mean, 23 flavors. I mean, we could be doing 24, 25. <laughs> so, so that was like. It's just everything you say as Trump is funny. I've officially <laughs> believed that yeah, that it is, sounds. I worry so that I'm painting myself into a corner. Like, am I going to have another character that's this fun to do? <laughs> like, yeah. Will any of us? Will, it, will yeah. any of us ever see a, a, another personality like Trump on the political stage? I mean, it's hard yeah, to fathom. You never will. You know. And, yeah, it's too you can funny. be a supporter of Trump. I, we're, we're fine with that. So we don't care. Uh, all right, anything else? I've got a lot of people there. I just love that thing, too, that, that you do, that guttural. Oh, yeah, the chisel on, like, some dead paint on a windowsill. Yeah, because everybody did the soft, sensitive one, but then you went like this. Yes. She's got great legs. She's a beautiful person. That's, that's 80s, 90s Donald Trump. And then I guess, like, after, I guess screaming at assistants right. on the set of The Apprentice is what gave him that Tom Waits bed of um, ambience. You know, Hillary! You know, where did that come from? I have one little rhythm that I don't know if you, I've only heard it once, and you, you can use it if you want to. Sure. It's very subtle. He's doing a list, and then he fades away. This is when he's at a rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does this slow fade on the last line. I'll just mm. try to, I'll do my, my Go for it. mediocre Trump at this point. Inflation's going very high. It's going six, seven, eight, ten bucks a gallon. How high can you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, that's, I don't know where that one is. Do you put that in there? Yeah, I think, I mean, the round. How high can you go? How high can you go? Yeah, he drifts off. He but he goes, go. It's another tone. That's like the stand-up. That's like the stand-up showman part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like where he's doing. That's like mic work. Yeah. It's like yeah. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the windmills that we've got, and I'm looking at what they're doing with Volkswagens, and we're not going to be doing that too much. Are we? Yeah, <laughs> not going to be doing that. Anymore. It's like it's so obvious. How high can you go? Because people are like screaming and clapping. He's so like looking at the side stands over here, and he's doing yeah. that, and then he yeah. you know, he loses the mic for yeah. a second. Yeah. It's like it's so obvious. Joe Biden doesn't even know where he is. Doesn't even know where he is. Yes, it is. That's like I think I've. Who have I seen do that? Like Bill Ingvall or somebody? That's like a stand. That, that is like a stand. Oh, a stand, -up. It's a stand up. That's a stand up thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a Def Jam thing or something. It's like 
Def Jam. A Bernie Mac thing or something. Bernie Mac. What else you got for him before we got to do a Q&A? I I don't know. I think we should do the Q&A. I just enjoyed James Austin Johnson. Yeah, I enjoyed so much. Thanks for having me, guys. This is fun. James, Um, thank you very much. We wish you all the best if this is before we're going to do the Q&A. Should I clear out? Yeah, you clear up. Does he stay or is he must? No, I get Well, whatever you want to do, you got to. Now, why does he stay? And then they can ask him about SNL or anything. Yeah. All right, you guys, we'll do a little Q&A. Oh, I guess we can sit down for this. Okay. (laughs) Or we could stand up if we have to do something. Oh, we're going to have a microphone and then uh, while people walk, this is going to be a shit show. Uh, okay, you've got a microphone. Go to him and we'll answer a few. If anyone has any, if they don't, they don't. It's okay. It's okay. It's no problem. Anything about, really, whatever. Oh, well, make a line. If there's anybody that wants to, come down here and then you can ask and it'll be official. Oh, there's the yeah, mic. That way it'll get picked up and on the And then we can don't, hear it. Don't, have, don't be our, shy. I like the people on the way, way balcony up people there. People see you guys. Look at that. Jeez Louise. They're like, these tickets were a nickel. We couldn't pass it up. <laughs> they were looking at the top of our head for the last <laughs> I know. They're like, hey, take off the hat. How high can you go? <laughs> All right. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, mm-hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know, yeah, figure, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it, price yep. matters. I mean, yeah, yep. that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah, Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds, David, and find jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry, right? And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman, or <laughs> or, or bring out, or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings, Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David, they're available twenty four seven by phone or chat to answer technical questions. Like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? <laughs> Those are the technical questions. <laughs> I know. Uh, oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget. Yes. It's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing. And the, you'll be guided with the, this company's going to help you make the right choice. You right. give them a little information and they'll go. Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah, we're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant and it's like <laughs> they're flipping hotcakes and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. So, yeah. No, thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case you got 30 day returns mm-hmm. shop blue nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler go to blue today that's blue are you catching the big game or making big mods going on the first date or installing that first break kit binging that new show or watching install videos when you're a real car lover the choice is obvious ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts to fit your number one ride or die. 
Brake kits, turbochargers, LED headlights, exhaust kits, bumpers, roof racks, and engines. Whether you're into the speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has all the parts you need for the ride you love. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Here's a man that's brave. This guy's coming right soul. down. Oh, this guy jumped a lot. Oh. He went there. He's right in the front. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay, what do you got, boss? So, so obviously you guys are hilarious, right? But Thank I'd you. like to know who else on the cast did you really find funny? Like just really cracked oh, yeah. you up when you guys were preparing. Maybe we'll go down the line. Uh, In my years, I lucked out into a chunk where I had Dana, I had Mike Myers, I had Kevin Nealon, Dennis Miller, uh, Farley Sandler, Chris Rock. I mean, we really got Schneider, Tim Meadows. Uh, I really hit a pocket there that they said was bad at the time, and uh, five years later, they said it was funny. And uh, Dana, what about you? I got to partner up with three different comedians, like Kevin Nealon and I did Hans and Franz, the Arnold. And that was so, still maybe my favorite thing to do, but right before Kevin would be Kevin, and then right before they'd go five seconds, he would, his eyes would just change and his IQ would go down like 50 points. (laughs) And then, you know, um, with Phil Hartman doing... Of course. Johnny Carson with Phil, God rest his soul, very good friend and uh, one of the all-time greats. He would do Ed McMahon and just every time he, yes, you are correct, sir. You You are. And then, of course, my brother from another mother, Mike Myers, and us doing Wayne's World. So, really, everyone who does this show and survives it and on any level has my respect. It's a a really hard show to do and to get. And... It's so fun to see James thriving there. <laughs> James, what about you? You working um, with some good people right now? You know, when I when I think of like ta- like things that happen at Table Read that were just like so funny and like the hardest I've ever laughed, like when when Chris Red introduced his Mayor Eric Adams thing. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. City, yeah, that was Chris. the feeling in the room was just insane with the bitch. I'm from New York. Like the way <laughs> yeah. the way he does that was just incredible that and um, Andrew Dismukes, I write I write with a lot, and I think mm. he's really really funny. He is. Yeah, there's but, a lot of great writers there too. Yeah, there's there's 55 people on the cast this year, and uh, it's a, it's <laughs> a lot a to choose cast. from. It's a big cast. It's hard. Yes. Okay. We'll keep our answers to 12 minutes. Go ahead, next one. <laughs> the late oh, other side. Starts. I'm sorry, this young man. Can you do another Trump <laughs> as the apprentice, but you're firing David because he didn't sell Solinsky brake pads? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's pretty sophisticated. <laughs> Richard. Okay. All right, here we go. You know, the whole thing with Tommy Boy was... <laughs> You know, they, and they did Black Sheep too, and I thought with Tommy Boy, where, where was Aykroyd with Black Sheep? I think it was awful that they didn't have with Dan Aykroyd. Maybe he did that picture, I don't know, but that guy with aliens and all of it, it's so awful what he's doing with vodka and with House of Blues. Yeah. That's the best I can do. That's it, yeah. All right, that, and you're fired. Thank you. That's great. Hi, I just had a question for... I think you guys are all great. David, do you have any other plans for any more books? Any more books? Oh. 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 He's an author. Well, (laughs) 
Um, no, I did that one Polaroid in the Snapchat world, and then, uh, you know, it turned into an audio book, and that did well, so that sort of got me thinking about podcasting, because it's audio and it's voice, and then it turned into uh, Dana and I, our old buddies, and we want to do this. This isn't really answering your question, but that. <laughs> Any more books? And I don't think, I don't know. I don't think any more books because they're too hard. But thank you, and <laughs> thank you for asking. Boss over here with your drink. I have never done this before. So, <laughs> gentlemen, it's sort of my birthday from Chicago. Just flew back from Vegas four hours ago to see y'all. From nice. Austin, Texas, lived here 14 years. I love your favorite Chris Farley and Norm MacDonald story. Oh, okay. On Saturday Night Live. And... You are the smartest, funniest comedians of all time. That's why we're all here. So thank you so much. That's nice. Thank you. It's true. Thank you very much. Very sweet. Uh, If I, Dana, you probably have one. I have a quick uh, Mm -hmm. Chris one where we would share an office and he was sitting behind me. We had like a, uh, you know, 10 by 10 office. I don't know if you know where it is. It's, uh, well, it's on 17, but... It connects to the other one. So Chris and I had this one, and then you walk through us to get to, uh, I guess it was Sandler and Rock. So Chris would sit behind me, but he didn't write, you know, or read much. And so I would be writing on a legal pad. We didn't have computers. I'd write my sketches, but it was so hard. And he'd sit behind me bored because everyone would write 300 sketches for him. So he goes, David, what are you doing? And I go, Chris, get out of here. I got to write some shit. And he goes, David, turn around. I go, if this is Fat Guy in Little Coat again, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> and he goes, no, it's not. It's a, it's a new thing. And then I turn around. He's got my Levi jacket on going, Fat Guy Little Coat, don't you quit on it. <laughs> and then we put it in the movie because it sounded funny. Dana? He always called me the lady because... Uh, lady. Because of the church lady. Chris Rock also, even today, will say, lady. And, and Chris, Chris uh, Farley, they called me Lady. Norm MacDonald was, I don't know, super, supernaturally funny. You, you know, he was, uh, like, he saw my stand-up once, and he picked out the worst bit that I did. <laughs> it was very Norm, and I loved him, but he backstage, he went, yeah, you should do, that's really good doing that. You should do a lot more of that one. That's really, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's really funny, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I would do him back to him, and he would laugh. I love both of them. That's cool. Yeah. Did um, uh, was Nurse Teresa there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still there, and she told me that my dressing room is Chris Farley's old dressing oh, room. Oh wow! Shit. So that's like a weird, cool connection yeah, that yeah, I have that, to the Oh, the that's it. That Nurse era. Teresa. Yeah, she, she was Teresa. very sweet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, which side? That side. So I have a shout out and a question. My shout out is to Dana Carvey. The Dana Carvey show was just like this little bit of genius. Yeah. He did the best way. The documentary about it was great, and man, a reunion would be amazing. Yeah. But my question for James is the uh, the Trump skits are so, they feel like stream of consciousness, but obviously they're written. Like, how do you write those bits? Um, Could have just recorded Yeah, tonight. do you write them alone at SNL, <laughs> or do you, is there people that are set to write Trump's? No, it's very collaborative. I mean, they write the cold opens, like, Saturday morning. So, like, a lot of times I can't, I'm busy with blocking or a yeah. pre-tape or something. And so, um, but what we usually do is now the, the 
the writers have a pretty good handle on like the notes I like to hit and the things I like to do. Like last week, you know, with with Easter, uh, you know, we we did the first we did the first script at run through. And then we have a dress rehearsal after that and then the big show. So I'm getting put into my giant prosthetic piece um, at 7 p.m. for the 8 p.m. dress rehearsal. And I can't see anything because they're like, they've got, they're putting the big eye bags on me and the giant jowls and, you know. And um, so the writer, Mike DiCenzo, sort of came up to me with the script. And this is usually how we end up working it out where he's like, hey, do you like all the stuff about Reese's and, things like that and I'm just like yeah read it aloud to me and I'll just like throw out little lines and so he was like reading it line by line and I'd be like oh a Reese's egg he should talk about how he's good friends with Reese and <laughs> you know it'll be that kind of thing they have the hooks down so yeah. so they have like the subject matter and then mm -hmm. sort of I'll throw out in you know you I talked to you like my second week at the show we did talk I, I asked on the phone <laughs> on the phone yeah I asked for your phone number and I was like how do you do this cold open and the president thing and injecting yourself into mm -hmm. it and you're new there and I, I just didn't know and you were like you can throw out little lines when you're rehearsing and stuff like that and mm -hmm. so oh, now I've gotten comfortable with when a writer comes up to me you know being brave with like a joke I think would belong in or something like that and mm -hmm. it's very collaborative but I don't I don't write those all by myself I, I just throw out little jokes here but and you there. broke the code and you have the language and they hear it and then yeah. that's incorporated yeah. and that's, that's and they'll do that goes. with my Biden too they'll, yeah my, yeah my, my buddy Mike DiCenzo um, is his he does my Biden around the office a lot he like a good trick is to uh, just, yeah. you know in rehearsal is to just throw out shit even in uh, blocking mm -hmm. and whoever's watching it in the booth can write down stuff because when you're blocking you got the stuff right there sometimes things just come to you that fit in and then you can uh, pepper them in layer them in during the week man it's it's really it's the weirdest job I get in nervous the world thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's an intense weirdest job in the world hey guys hi dana david and james it's a a huge honor to just even talk to you guys. Big fan. I remember growing up in Mexico, watching your movies with subtitles, didn't even understand, but it was still freaking hilarious. <laughs> Master of the Guys, yeah, Tommy Boy, come on. Yeah. Uh, so I was just wondering, my question is, do you guys have any stories from being down in like Mexico or South America? And even if there's an impression in there, be even better. I, we better steer clear of that, but... Um, <laughs> Dana, do you have? I don't have any Mexico stories. Do you? I what? Mexico. Oh story? yeah, I played a corporate date for Terminex. <laughs> I think I did. I did too. And uh, and I was. It was all day, so it starts at 7 a.m. They put a giant tent on this lawn at this five-star hotel. <laughs> And it was huge. And then I, I do a little bit of shtick. I'd go back to my room. It's like yep. 500 people. I'd come back, and then it started losing air. The tent started deflating. Yeah. By the time I went back, almost everyone was gone. It was halfway down. And they paid me a, a ton of money. I can tell you that. And uh, <laughs> I just bombed terribly. But there was no chance. So that was my Mexico Terminex corporate day. Dude, but I did the same gig. And I was there. You did and Terminex? I, I did covering for Martin Short. He goes, can you do this for me? I go, yeah, I went all the way there. It was in Dominican Republic or something. And then I get there and there's so many mosquitoes. The first night, I got in at like two in the morning. So you know what I did? I took the raid and I just sprayed my whole body with raid. Sprayed my whole body with raid and then I just laid there like a trap. And they come and they go, and then they go, oh, 
uh, they look at me and I go, fuck you. And they go, oh. And then I went to the hospital also, but I feel like it was worth it. Dana, let's thank everyone for coming Thank down. you for coming you out, Austin. Thank you for uh, taking your time. And we'll see you next time. Good night. Come on, James, this way. Thank you. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. Production and engineering led by Greg Holtzman, Richard Cook, Serena Regan, and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. <laughs>